Hey guys, it's Justin Hill here. Strap on your high heels and put on your pads because we're going drag racing. Ah, crap. She's bottomed out, guys. Play the music. Welcome to Stand Original RuPaul's Drag Race Down Under the Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Hill, and this is the podcast where we recap the biggest reality show in the world, the Stand Original series, RuPaul's Drag Race Down Under. Now, this week, I'm going to be recapping episode three of the show, and who better to help me recap it than the one and only Coco Jumbo. Today, it's my best Judy that's joining us. It's Coco Jumbo. Ah, hey, y'all. Oh, she's got the curves. She's got the swerves. And the face, apparently. Oh, you, uh, and the skin. I oh, mean, the internet was going wild for you. I mean, you are, what, like 16, 17 or something like that. So you've yeah, got youth on your sure. side. Otherwise, they're wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Thank you for joining me today. We are going to recap the latest episode of uh, RuPaul's Drag Race Down Under. And obviously, sadly, we did see you walk away. I mean, how does it feel post-drag race? I mean, what are all the feels you've got right now? Um, Anxiety. (laughs) It's so funny. Like, I've got, like, such a short memory span. So, like, I've already (laughs) forgotten, like, what was said, what was done. And I'm... (laughs) Practically like reliving it episode by episode. Okay. Well, look, I'm here to remind you today, if you don't mind. (laughs) Now, before we get into today's episode, there are a couple of things I want to bring up with you because I have just been busting to talk to you about this. And the number one thing is your tattoo. Uh, The best story. So for those who don't know, uh, Coco obviously is an Aquarius and has an Aquarius tattoo on her neck, uh, which for years and years and years, it's it's in um, like uh, Japanese or something like that, isn't it? And yeah. and you thought that it said Aquarius. And in actual fact, it is a literal translation. It says water bottle or... <laughs> I mean, what did you see when you, when you saw that as a meme on the internet? I like, yeah, I lost my shit. I died. It was so funny. <laughs> So I mean, technically it's okay because it's it actually is like water carrier, which is what yeah, Aquarius is. Totally. And like um like I got the tattoo done when I was 15 just to piss my mom off. And <laughs> um yeah, calm as a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> That'll learn ya. Um yeah, exactly. and the other thing I wanted to ask you about too was uh what did you do with your born naked look? Is it is it around I burnt it. <laughs> I left it in the hotel when I when I left to come back to Australia. Did like, you really? I don't want it. <laughs> You're like someone else can have some calamari. It's on me. Wow, that's for me, and I haven't touched calamari ever since. <laughs> okay, so if you were a housekeeper at the hotel that Coco was staying at in New Zealand while filming the show, you've got like a piece of RuPaul history on your hands. Yeah, absolutely. Good <laughs> they were so heavy, so like getting them back to Australia was just not on the radar. Oh right, because it had like all the jewels and stuff on the front of it, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, never mind. Look, I I feel like that was a very small misstep in a lot of amazing, amazing, great moments on the show. Um, Let's jump into the episode. So um, obviously we see, uh, you know, a message from Art Simone who you sent home uh, on the mirror for Karen uh, saying, you know, bring home the crown, Karen. And then you go into this story about a bar owner, a bar owner's wife once telling you, that you'll never be as good as Art Simone. And that's no shade to Art, but talk me through that. That 
I mean, we've all had, we've, in this industry, we all come across that kind of stuff. We've all had people say nasty stuff to us. I know we both have. Talk me through that situation. Well, like, it, it was a Christmas party. Like, we're all drunk and, like, her and I went out for a cigarette and she was just like, I just want you to know, you'll never be as good as Art Simone. And I was like, whoa, oh. I'm pretty sure you booked me to, like, you flew me down <laughs> to perform at your Christmas party. But, um... Yeah, it was it was like a little bit of a like slap in the face after a good night, but um, and like at the time, like Drag Race wasn't even on the radar or anything. So like to for her to um to bring like, you down to, like, a little bit of a feud. Yeah, it's like yeah, pointless. It so. is pointless. And the thing is, is like I mean, a lot of people are like, ooh, it's like there's like you know issues between them. But the thing is, it's called drag race. It's a competition. You know, if you're not like, you love your sisters and you know, and they're your, they're your best friends and you guys have a bond that you will always have forever, but you yeah. got to be competitive. Yeah, totally. A hundred percent. Yeah. And you got to get it while it's good. And I was just glad that like it, like it came down to Art Simone and I, and I got to eliminate her from a competition that she's been working towards mm-hmm. for most of her drag career. And you said just the best, the best one-liner. Soz bitch. <laughs> Camp. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, that's like peak Coco Jumbo brand right there. Soz bitch. Absolutely. The merch is coming out soon. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, so we get into the show and we find out that, um, you know, our guest stars this week are Troy Savan and Leland who wrote, um, you know, the Queen's Down Under song. Amazing. It's such a catchy tune. Like, you know. I had no idea he wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god you do have the shortest memory <laughs> literally <laughs> you're like i'm just here to have fun <laughs> that, exactly that was my goal for the whole thing <laughs> uh, and uh when we see the girls um you know you obviously walk into the workroom i wanted to ask you these bloody cherubs that keep coming up all the time what's the story behind them did they have a story are they just random did they have names yeah, that was like that was someone's mistake i feel <laughs> they found them like on like uh council pickup and like yep They'll do. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever name them? Do we ever like, oh, it's like Pete and Paul or? <laughs> no, we should have though. I think we're all just trying to ignore them, to be honest. Yeah, they're, they're very strange. They pop up in the open all the time and they're just like, and I'm like, why? Yeah. <laughs> I don't get it. Um, and then obviously you guys go into the slow motion surf rescue uh, fun mini challenge. There's some jokes about Map of Tassie. So for those people, our American listeners who don't quite understand that, if you look at the map of Australia, you'll see the state of Tasmania, which is an island, is down the bottom and it is in a very similar shape to um, a woman's lady bits. Yeah. <laughs> which is consequently why we had the references to the map of Tasmania. Um, you guys go through the Babe Watch. Maxie was killing me in that challenge with oh her. God. <laughs> the hot sand walk. <laughs> And then afterwards to see her put the flats on and be like, oh, my gosh, she looks so little. Literally, she is tiny. Maxie is so tiny. And talk me through like a mini challenge. And is it is it as crazy as what we see? Because last week um, Art Simone was telling me that with Snatch Game, you got, it's literally like you see it. You find out you're doing Snatch Game, you grab your book and you go, holy shit, like, and you're like looking through. I left my book in the hotel. I really like nobody was expecting Snatch Game on the second episode. That's what it's all up. Oh my God, you left your book in the hotel. Yeah, well, I, I, yeah, I just didn't think I would need it. And then I, when I asked if like I could go back and get, um, like, get my book, like, no, sorry. 
You're like, uh, yeah. you're like good as hell. Um, <laughs> I just did a DNA test. Yeah, totally. And I looked around the room, like everyone had their books. Like Scarlett had like pages. Yeah. On, um, on Jennifer like, Coolidge. Yeah, Jennifer Coolidge. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was so funny, but like, yeah, just like, looking around, everyone they were so prepared, and I was just like. Well, great, what the f*** do I do? <laughs> well, look, you, you made it through the episode, so obviously you did a good job. So the girls are broken down into two groups. So we've got the Outback Fake Hoes, yeah. hilarious, and yeah. Three and a Half Men. Um, and then we get this this little bit of shade from you about um, uh, et cetera, et cetera, surrounding herself with... <laughs> Camp! <laughs> I was like, shady! I'm oh, like, but I mean... If, if that's what happens, I mean, so for those who may have missed it, let's rewind that a little bit and have a look at it. Rewind. Um, so you were saying that like from, from et cetera's side of Sydney, so she's more of like your new townie kind of queen, um, you know, in, in that sort of area as opposed to so much Oxford Street. But you, you were saying that the reason she's so great is because she just surrounds herself with shit people. <laughs> yeah, literally. But like that, that's the thing, like, um, uh, I pretty much like grew up on Oxford Street and we had like Charisma Bell, uh, Vanity, Mini Cooper, Maxi. And so like having them in mind, like as a goal, um, like my performance, like skills, like leveled up Mm -hmm. over the last couple of years, Mm -hmm. but, um, et cetera, she's like, she doesn't like she doesn't have anyone performance wise to look up to. Right. So she's just stuck at that level. That's why she just plus her arms around when she's performing. <laughs> <laughs> do you ever I don't know what she's doing? She's doing like art Simone's like get, get rid of the flies. <laughs> do, you, do you ever say to the girls, like when you do your confessionals like that, do you ever then say to them, um, I might have just said something that I'll talk to you oh. about later? Yeah. I um like I was in the workroom and I was like, guys, you know I love you, right? And they're like, yes. And I was like, well, I'm just going to talk as much shit as I can. <laughs> <laughs> and then <they're> warned. <laughs> why not? I mean, it's a, it's, it, like you said, it's a competition. You have to be like that. Um, yeah. And then we find in the episode this note. Yeah, true. There's, there's the weirdest thing. So this note that says, watch out. And it's in the episode, it's never really resolved. Like Anita jokes that um, she was the person that did it. But then, and I was like, oh, the sabotage, like, you know. But then she's like, nah, only kidding. Yeah, um, I, I, I knew it, like, it has to be art. Um, I'd, like, Jojo um, wouldn't write anything like that to me. Mm. Um, and, like, I just um, kicked art out. And to find that on my station, I was like, what you going to do, bitch? Mm-hmm. Did it sh- <laughs> <laughs> and it didn't shake you at all? Like, you were just like, mm, whatever. Not at all. I was like, I kicked you off once. I can do it again. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God, sure. I love you. Get it. <laughs> what did you do with it? Did you dramatically screw it up and throw it away or did you file it? Yeah, you should have sold it. Put it on eBay. <laughs> put it into the recycling, of course. Oh, yes, of course. <laughs> Absolutely. You uh, filed it under T for trash. Um, and then we get to see that we're doing, uh, for our runway this week, we're doing Bogan Prom Realness. And, I mean, we have some great, uh, you know, kind of like outfits coming up. But first you jump into the recording studio. I mean, I would be shitting myself. Absolutely. That was, uh, whoa. <laughs> so nerve wracking. Mm-hmm. And, and like, is it, 
nerve wracking from the start or do you get to go in there and kind of get yourself familiar with where you're standing and what you're doing or are you literally just thrown in there? Literally like thrown in there. Like we had like a little bit of time to like rehearse um, like choreography and stuff like that. And mm. I was uh, like, Anita said that she is not a great dancer. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to spend time with her to make sure she can um, like get the oh, moves. That was, that was nice of you. Absolutely. Like, yeah, and I love Anita. Her yeah. and I, we've gotten like so close, like since filming. But um, yeah, I, I didn't want her to feel uncomfortable because then it would have shown in the performance. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I wish I spent more time um, thinking about myself and um, like doing at least doing some bloody uh, vocal warm up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, like looking up a how to sing tutorial on YouTube. <laughs> 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 oh my god! But the thing is, right, is you got to give you props because you were the only queen that sang. Yeah, totally. Uh, excuse <laughs> me, like you were the only queen that went in there and and was like, "I'm not going to speak sing. I'm actually going to have a crack at singing." Apart from Maxwell, yeah. and I'll give anything a red hot go. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, you, the thing is too is you got to understand that this is a nerve wracking situation, and and your vocal cords tighten up, and everything feels really stressful when you go into something like that. So normally, yeah. you could probably like you know, um, knock out a, a, a tune, but like, it, yeah, like that's the funny thing. Like I, I can like sing a bit and like, I've been told that like, I am a good singer, but then putting into that situation and having a show massage, like just sitting there, like watching you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And like, I was like the last to record as well. So like my head was just like all over the place. And also too, I mean, Michelle Visage, judge on RuPaul's Drag Race also, you know, w- was from a massive girl band, has had international releases, has, was literally like compared to being like the next Madonna. I mean, it's not like you're just there in front of a singing teacher. You're there in front of an icon. Yes, absolutely. And like someone like, I've like always just like, yeah, idolize and and then yeah to have to like sing and then fail at it in front of her oh, ow, that was very stressful and now I just want to talk about the performances and the choreography I walked out of uh, like watching the show and I was like I feel like they were the some of the tightest performances I've ever seen on Drag Race. I feel like whenever we watch the show, we always see, oh, there's always one group that's not so good. But yeah. this time I was like, how are you going to pick it? I was like, because honestly, like you may you may have struggled with the, with the vocals and stuff, but you gave it in your performance and so did the other girls, like absolutely rocked it. Those, they were, it was almost like you'd done it 50 million times and they picked the very best of everything because it was very tight. And I feel like that's Aussie drag. Would you agree? Absolutely. hundred percent. Like, cause I, we, we're always doing um, like production shows. Um, I pick up choreography fairly easily, uh, which is weird. Cause I can't remember anything else, <laughs> but like, um, yeah, like production shows is what we do. I used to do like 20 minute shows with like, like some of like Sydney's best performers. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, getting like going into this was just like a, a, another gig for me. Absolutely. And some of those shows, if people have seen them, I mean, people will be li- listening and watching this now and being like, we know what you're talking about. They are very high level performances. And I feel like that's what Australian drag is. It's very polished. It's, we have our own sense of humour, but it's like it's super polished and, and we take it quite seriously in the sense that when we want to go and see a drag show, we know it's going to be good. And when you're going to put on a drag show, you're putting on your nails. You are doing absolutely everything and the very most to give us a good Absolutely. show. Yeah, of course. It's what, we, it's what we're most passionate about. That's right. I feel most <laughs> passionate about it. So the outfits that we see uh, on the runway are, et cetera, et cetera, is dressed up as kind of like a Paris Hilton. Uh, we have you in your purple dress. And, uh, like, okay, uh, this was my take from it. Was it like you'd been dragged through a bush? 
No, well, yeah, I wanted. To, I, I was late to the prom because yeah. I was too busy sucking up a little protein. Because <laughs> <laughs> you had dirt on your knees, you had yeah. twigs in your hair. I mean, it was so good. It was just brilliant. Uh, Maxi Shield and I, we share a dressmaker, mm. and um, two weeks before I had to leave. Um, I called her. I was like, hey, babe, like, what's going on? Like, when do you need me for a fitting? And, like, she's made plenty of costumes for me before. And, like, fittings are, like, like when I get there, they always fit like a glove. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, two weeks before leaving, I was like, hey, do you need me for a fitting or anything? Do you need help? And she's like, I haven't started your costumes. And I was like, <laughs> you <laughs> <laughs> um, Okay. So um, I... I went over to her house, picked up my materials and then like redistributed them, made a couple of them myself. And what? yeah, that just took time away from me, like being able to do other things. You're so, kidding. Um, so you, so two yeah. weeks before you were like, oh my God, I've got to somehow get my costumes made. Yes, absolutely. Oh, well, let me tell you, it did not show. I mean, they were uh, your entrance look and all of the looks that you gave, the Ursula, they were like stunning. It looked like months and months and months of work had gone into them. So you would never know that. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe apart from the born naked look, but we'll just, that's in a hotel somewhere. (laughs) Yeah. Where it belongs. Yeah. Uh, And then we get on to uh, yourself and Electra being in the bottom two. uh, And you do do your lip sync to shake your groove thing, which if, a lot of people don't know. It's actually from Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Yeah. Uh, it's an iconic um, song. It is, I mean, you would just know that word for word. You wouldn't even have to really learn that or would you? No, it would just be yeah. a staple. It's, it's Yeah, like um, it's, it's been in every Priscilla show that's come out. Um, and, yeah, it's like one of those like iconic tracks that every queen should know. Absolutely. It should be in your repertoire of music uh, for sure, ready to lip sync at a moment's notice. And then let's talk about that lip sync. It's like I was saying before, you just, it's almost like you as Coco Jumbo, you switch on this kind of like let's party kind of vibe. Don't you think? I love that. Yeah, absolutely. And like, um, yeah, when when I'm on stage performing, there's like no worries in my head. I'm just like, yeah, having a good time and hoping like that, my audience is having a good time as well. Absolutely. And that definitely translates to someone who's watching the show. Um, and, and I can categorically say when I've seen you perform, you, it's the same thing. It's just that's who you are. You have like a purse full of personality. It's just like, you know, brimming from the top. Is there anyone on the show that you, um, like, I, I guess, like who did you kiki with and who did you wish you kikied with more? Um, I wish I kikied more with um, Anita and Kida. Um but like at the premiere, we had so much fun. Like, um, yeah, like getting to see that. When I walked in and saw them in the hotel lobby, I, I started crying. I was like, "Oh my god!" Like, I'm a big hug. But um, I, I, I spoke with like Etcetera like a lot more than I thought I would. One of my final questions to you is: is you're here, and I knew when you and I met a couple of years ago, and we spoke on another podcast, and I said to you, "You are going to be." A, a Rue girl. I just, I just knew. I was like, this is yeah. where, this is where you're headed. How do you feel now that you've gone through the journey of, of you know? I mean, you, you, your name will go down in history as someone who has been the, one of the first contestants on RuPaul's Drag Race Down Under. You know, you were representing for the Curvy Girls. You were full of personality and such a fan favorite. How does it feel to know that you've now gone through that journey of RuPaul's Drag Race? It's insane. Like, um, like when I first moved to Sydney and started performing, like I, I never even thought that I'd be doing production shows and like performing at like Mardi Gras or like the after party. And um, like when I first got the call to audition, I was like, me? Like, 
<laughs> it was so strange that like I was on their radar and I never saw myself like really going outside of Sydney and like like performing around like uh, yeah like like it was so surreal so surreal yeah. and like since filming like I've gone to Melbourne Adelaide and Perth mm-hmm. and like never in my life did I ever see my drag like traveling around but not even that you've got fans you've got like one look online and people are like Coco Jumbo is my favorite I love her look at this funny meme of her like with her tattoo yeah. you know what I mean like there's the Spongebob meme of you guys you know like all <laughs> they're just so great um and the one thing I wanted to talk to you about finally before I leave you is have you seen this crazy theory that people are saying that RuPaul wasn't even there it's like green Green screen. I mean, I mean, who would be so rude as to film something on a green screen and pretend that they were somewhere? <laughs> that is so funny though. I was like, oh. it just baffles me. Like, baffles me. I'm like, so, guys, this are, you're reaching. Like, come on. I mean, like RuPaul flew all the way to New Zealand and she, she is elusive. She's an icon. She's not going to be out getting papped by people and stuff like that. And of course she was there. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's like her bloody show. Like she was there for the mini challenge. Like we all saw her like interacting with us. Yeah. yeah, See, there you go, guys, straight from the horse's mouth. Coco Jumbo said she was there. (laughs) Ready here first, folks. Yes. Now, um, it has been absolutely incredible to watch you on RuPaul's Drag Race Down Under. You were an absolute star, and I I, I cannot wait to see where this takes you. I feel like when the world opens up again, it's going to be just electric with the tour of Coco Jumbo. I can't wait. So, absolutely. I'm praying for it. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for recapping the episode. We love you, and we will see you soon. Amen. Yes, you will. Love you. Well, as you've seen by now, this is the part of the podcast where we pick out who has the best makeup of the week. Now, a lot of us do sit at home with absolutely no experience judging our queens on their makeup looks, me included. So this is the part where we hand out a completely unqualified award to the Beat of the Week. Let's get into it. Beat of the Week. This week's Beat of the Week has to go to Maxi Shield. I mean, if you look at that runway look with the maxi size fanny pack, just take one look at that makeup. It is spot on. From the little shimmery bits on her lips to her eyes, it is stunning. And Maxi has always had great makeup. And this week in particular, it was exceptional. So Maxi, you are my Beat of the Week. Ah, yes. Welcome to the part of the podcast. Hold my hands, everyone. This is where we drink in some inspiration from Mama Roo. Now, a lot of us do live our day-to-day lives full of uh, inspirational quotes from RuPaul. And so this part of the podcast is where we take one and we all just have a little bit of a think about it. So today's word of Roo is never save bath bombs for later. Ooh, shh. Well, that's it for episode three. Thank you so much for recapping it with me. And a big thank you to Coco Jumbo. What an amazing queen. So sad to see her go. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, leave a review, comment, tell me what you're loving. And you can follow me on Instagram at just underscore hill where my DMs are always open for you guys. I love the DMs you're sending me telling me what you're loving and what you're hating about the show, what you want to see more of, who you hope wins and so on. That is it for this week. Uh, Don't forget, you can watch a new episode of the Stan original series, RuPaul's Drag Race, down under every Saturday only on Stan. 